Today, you're listening to the Corporate Explainers podcast. We are your hosts, Gautam and Amate. We explore the various careers available in the world economy through interviews. We unclutter the world of business and help explain diverse roles and careers. Hi listeners, welcome to our 7th episode where we will explore the career of internal communications or corporate communications and change management. This career is often overlooked, but you will get to understand through this podcast how important corporate communications in a very large organization. You will also see that corporate communications and change management are very interlinked. That's right, Gautam. Uh, I think corporate communication is not only important for large organizations, but it's extremely important for young startups and young companies as well. Just to give an example, one of the companies I had uh, worked for previously, in that company, the co-founder did not communicate the vision of the company and the mission of the company very well. So people working underneath him or people working in different sector roles did not have a clear understanding of what their North Star is or what they want to achieve. And the company did not perform well at the end of the day. And I feel that lack of strong communication was one of the factors which did not allow them to perform at their best. Very true. But the challenge with large organizations is that the founder is not very close to all of these employees. And that's when corporate communications becomes very important. And just to pick top two reasons in no particular order, corporate communications, actually, like you said, helps in translating the vision from the CEO or the founder to the employee or the you know staff at, at level one. For example, we know how Amazon is so obsessed about its customers and that vision actually travels from the boardroom where Jeff sits and then to the guy who delivers the parcel at your home. So to make this happen, corporate communications plays a very important role because Jeff can't really be in touch with all the Amazon employees, right? The second reason why corporate communications is such an important thing is to maintain the brand image both inside and outside the company to the external stakeholders as well. Absolutely. And I think that's the reason we had this conversation earlier and we wanted to have somebody who is working in this space, who, is, who has a PR background or who's somebody who's working in the communication space. We, have, we were very lucky to have Elizabeth speak to us on this topic. I think that the listeners would find the conversation extremely ins- insightful. And they would definitely be walking away with a lot of learnings after listening to her. Another thing which I want to highlight is she, again, like as we have discussed with our previous guest before, she did not have a education in this space. She was a commerce graduate, yet through her experiences, through experimentation, picking up different sort of gigs in India, in Taiwan and all over the world, she came to realize that this is something which she wants to do. So I just want to reiterate this again, that it's okay to be confused at this stage. It's okay to not know about where you are heading or what you want to do in your career, but you will eventually figure out if you are actively looking for opportunities and working towards them, right? Let's uh, listen into the conversation. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the episode seven of Corporate Explainers. Today, we have a very interesting guest who has been my previous colleague and uh, she has been a, an, and a great friend and a mentor to me uh, over the years. Uh, but the interesting thing is we are recording this on a Monday and she has an 
off. You know, uh, hopefully you can try guessing which international company she's working for, but we'll get to know her. Uh, hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to he have you here and good catching up with you after, after a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hi Gautam and hi Amatya. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm thrilled to be here and I feel privileged to be one of your esteemed guests in the very fantastic podcast. Thank you. So we'll quickly jump on to our interview. Uh, no pressure. Uh, so we start with a very basic question uh, with every of our guests, which is very naive as well. So what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a PMP certified um, strategic um, and executive uh, communications leader. So in, in a very simple term, I'm a storyteller and I help to translate um, the vision of the executives and the leaders within the organization into, into real values for people to connect with. Um, so it, it boils down to something as simple as that. All right. So moving on, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? What, what does a typical day look like for you? So it's funny, uh, Gautam, that uh, on a typical day, I wake up and I, you know, the first thing I do is I, I sit down with my cup of coffee and I try to <clears throat> formulate and create my to-do list for that day. I try to keep it restricted and I try to focus on four to five priorities for that day. My day-to-day -day would be something starting with a regular meeting with different teams for different strategic programs that's, um, that's in full swing in the organization. Considering that I am PMP certified, I'm a program manager, which means I also take care of change management. And in program management, communications is a very key, one of the important element and a pillar knowledge area of overall um, successful pro uh, project management. So catching up with the teams and checking up on the progress, ensuring that whatever is required to be completed in a day, be it in terms of um, creating some visual uh, storytelling, collateral or drafting emails for the executive, that means a vice president of the organization. And along with that, just drawing up the strategy for what's coming ahead. So a lot of meetings, I would say, if, if I work for around 11, 12 hours a day, I, six to seven hours goes into meetings. And <laughs> I try to block some time so that I can get some real work done, be it in terms of, like I mentioned, creating collaterals, creating the messages for whatever communication that needs to go out. So focusing on all of that. Right. I think that's that's great. So just to summarize, I picked up three key things you would do. One is program management, change management, and then communications. Right. And I'm going to pick on the change management part of it, I think, which is actually I, I'm starting to hear a lot these days with a lot of technology adoption and organizations doing transformation projects. Can you explain to our listeners what's change management all about? Change management is about ensuring that whatever transformation that the organization has planned, that is conducted in a, in a seamless and a cohesive way and ensuring that while 
the executive management team has laid out whatever that plan is, that transformation plan is, it, it is cascaded to the organizational and the employees in such a way that they are on board with the vision. And that requires uh, a lot of communication on the values, what's the benefit for the people, why are we doing it, explaining it, de deconstructing and decoding and demystifying those transformational values to the people in such a way that they understand that it's not just for the organization or the whims and fancies of the executive management team, but it's happening because it's, it's for the benefit of the people as well. And it's for the benefit of the business. For example, until recently, until two or three years ago in our organization, one of the key things that emerged in a lot of feedback and interaction with the, with the customers is that um, customer experience as an organization is missing. What's happening is different teams are reaching out to the customers and they're having isolated conversations. So they don't get that one, one team spirit understanding and, and the customers are getting confused because for the same problem, different teams reach out to them and try to provide different solutions. And they wanted one team to reach out to them. It required a major change transformation overhaul to reach out to the employees and help them to understand that A, why do we need a customer experience organization? So the entire premise of um, customer experience had to be explained. What, what happened during that course is that people were being moved, like literally organizations were moved within different functions and different teams were moved from one part of the organization to the other. And that required a major change, a change in terms of how people worked, how they collaborated, and also their day-to-day -day work as well, that kind of change. There was a behavioral mindset change as well in terms of what they were doing earlier and how they now need to work together as one team. That required a proper strategic change management plan to say that how are we going to make that happen, that people understand what value would they get when they work as one team and as one customer experience organization? And it wasn't a short-term plan. Uh, change management requires a long-term vision. That means to say that it, that finally it would happen um, or whatever our goals are, it would take at least six months, 12 months, or maybe, you know, to reach that goal. Change management becomes a very important part of the business as well as for the people as well. Thanks for that. So that was a really very comprehensive explanation on change management and how communications is very important to drive change. So I'm going to take you a few years back, right? What was your background in terms of your education and how do you think that has helped your career? That's a great question, uh, Gautam, because I did my bachelor's in commerce, which was more focused in accounting. I was never a numbers person, but you know generally how it is when you are um, senior high, or even when you're in the first year of college, um, there are very few, lucky few who know exactly what they want. There are most of us, people like me, who are kind of not sure and still trying to walk around in the dark to say, what is my passion? What is my calling? What, what is it that I really enjoy doing? I realized one thing that maybe accounting and numbers wasn't my thing. What I realized was that listening to people's stories 
and helping them connect with other people, helping them broadcast their personal success story to the others. That's something that I really enjoyed. Uh, more than talking about myself, I loved talking about other people and uh, promoting uh, one great thing about them, that one, I would say, back pocket skill that people have, promoting that one ba back pocket skill to the others, uh, just sending good karma to, to the universe is something that I really enjoyed. Over the course of time, somehow doing different things in very different environments. I would say that after right after my college, I went to Taiwan to study Mandarin Chinese. And I, I was working part-time to kind of fund my studies. And one of the opportunities that came to me, apart from teaching English in a kindergarten, and I also worked as an asset management uh, portfolio manager and uh, I worked for a year. What really happened all of a sudden was because I was trying different things to experiment and see what is it that would click with me. Then we had this uh, Indian guy in Taipei who was opening his own restaurant, uh, his Indian cuisine restaurant, and he wanted somebody with some Indian background and who would be able to, who was bilingual, could could speak Chinese and could also speak English and speak Hindi. So I met that guy through a common friend and he wanted somebody to kind of help promote the restaurant. It was new and he did not know how to go around spreading the word, marketing, create brand campaigns, etc. have some kind of meals um, offer as well. That whole experience of working with him for a year be it in terms of helping with in the kitchen uh, to helping in the overall marketing of the restaurant itself, that gave me an exposure in terms of overall marketing. So I would say that coming to the coming to the main question, Gotham, in terms of my education, I would say that apart from understanding the economics in in school and understanding literature, my education has not been so much of what has led me to do what I currently do, but it has been more about doing a lot of different things. Understanding what clicks with people is what has helped me to reach the current role that I have. All right. Because in school, I, never, I had never heard about PR, public relations. <laughs> I had never heard about internal communications. I never heard about these things way back in school. And it was later on in, through experiences that has that has helped me to understand this profile and this um, this particular industry. Right, I think I think that goes with a lot of us. When you are studying, you really don't know what to do. Yeah, it's it's you you try to figure out by the different kind of experiences you have, either through part time jobs or internships you do, and and those really open up new avenues. And that's a great story to have. We, we, we spoke how the current landscape looks like and what do you think the, the, the field of communications, internal communications or change management would look in the future with a lot of technology coming in? I will say, Gautam, that it's already happening. The, the, way, we, the way we narrate the stories, earlier we, would, we used to have more of push communication that means you know just sending a mass blast email newsletter that would be enough mm -hmm. to reach out to the audience 
there's already this whole trend coming in now and it's just gaining more momentum, which is more around having more interactive platforms wherein it is more about pull communication, uh, wherein employees can also come and share their feedback. Um, and it's no more about long emails with long winding, tough words coming in. It's more about simple words explaining things in, in the most simplest way possible so that um, we are able to attain the attention of the people with something, um, the concentration level, which is uh, lesser than that of a goldfish. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, when, when people have less than 30 seconds or 20 seconds of, of attention span, how do we ensure that we are able to um, stay on with their focus uh, and having digital platforms. So for example, your podcast is a fantastic way of reaching out. And similarly, having more of, more of technology blend that will make sure that people are able to access key information, key news, key updates from the, from the, from the management um, on the go. So it's no more about having clunky, um, clunky platforms or channels for which they need to log into their uh, devices and VPN, but having, having such secured platforms which they can access from anywhere, especially for employees who are always on site, on customer side, how are they able to access all those company related information anywhere? And something that would not take too much of their time, but will convey the message. So having that kind of technology becomes very important. Elizabeth, I had a couple of questions before we move on to the next set of questions. I wanted to understand from you, where do you see the future of podcast uh, in uh, internal firm communication and also uh, just generally as a source of marketing and to just get on new business? Fantastic question, Amatya. I would say podcast um, around 10 years ago, when I first heard a podcast, I didn't understand what is a podcast. I just kept asking, what is, <laughs> what is it? What's the difference? And I finally, I would say, I've got my aha moment when it comes to understanding podcast, uh, I think a couple of years ago only. Um, podcast is very important channel for, for two reasons. A, Apart from the marketing and the branding perspective, we are able to give an inside out view. That means um, whatever our people, our experts, our internal, internal successes and accomplishments that we have and all other um, internal information that we want to share externally uh, from, from the expert level view, we're able to use that, um, share that basis on the podcast platform. So from the inside out perspective, it becomes very important. Of course, the whole branding spiel also comes in. But the other aspect of podcast is the outside in view as well. So from the outside view in, I would say is that, for example, when we look at a podcast, who's our primary audience? And if we zero it down to say that we want to share it uh, and we, our target audience is somebody uh, who's higher up in the customer um, the overall customer value chain, somebody who uses our technology uh, at the customer side, they are our important stakeholders. Understanding that what would mean to them, that becomes like an outside in perspective. So 
so from this whole game of things podcast will become very important especially because we're always on the move it will not require the fact that it doesn't require us um to look at a screen but we can just listen to the podcast while we are doing other things um and we can just focus on the overall interaction that is something that makes it a very unique um, channel and and one more point is that once we have established this whole platform for the employees as well in, to the organize employees of the organization they're able to to consider it as a niche platform for them uh, to appear and they feel that they feel that kind of privilege and pride to be able to to portray themselves as you know experts on that niche platform so it becomes a a sense of it br- brings around that sense of pride for them as well so from that whole situation it's just going to pick up more space and um, it's and it's going to gain more momentum absolutely i couldn't agree with you more one question which i often get from people is why not do a video podcast or why not do something in video because that is something which has a wider audience and there's greater reach so my counter to that to that is uh we are already spending too much time on screens if you look at my phone i'll probably have a screen time of about 5 yeah. hours 6 hours uh, we spend a lot of time on laptops and all of that so i think there is going to be a shift in the entire entertainment consumption industry as well where people are we people would want to consume content which is not really on video and i think podcast uh, will probably capture a lot of that market as well going forward Elizabeth I had another question I think I'll just get it out since you are the communication expert uh, and I do not get to interact with a lot of communication folks uh, just want to understand for example that you need to tell your team that they had they have to work on a project on a weekend there is something which went wrong during that week or at the there are last minute changes that needs to be done the delivery is on Monday or Tuesday how would you communicate that to your team like which is the best platform and how do you go about doing that so this is basically uh, just i want to get understand how do you have the difficult conversation with your team in a very professional setting in a very professional manner great um this is a very regular uh, regular scenario i would say <laughs> so it primarily boils down to several things amatya first of all is uh, what is the culture of the organization do they understand do they have that sense of ownership that if there is something critical that needs attention uh, we are all in this together to make sure that the bigger objective is to is to keep the business continuity and if that means stretching long hours in a day or spending time over the weekends it's for a it's for a common goal of um, delivering customer delight or keeping business at the forefront of everything a is the is the overall uh, organizational culture and that doesn't happen overnight it's built over time through a lot of communication through a lot of actions that people see from the leaders but if that is not in place i would say matya the best part is it also depends on um, what is the strength team strength that needs to work on a weekend is it a common practice or not if it's not a common practice and if we see or if we feel anticipate some kind of resistance from the people the best would be to have um, a one on a team huddle and having in person conversation 
to explain that this is the situation, this is the resolution, we need to come in, we understand that we need to stretch in, but at the same time, perhaps the organization can give a comp off um, if, it's, um, if it's something that the people have to work extra um, despite the other long hours that they're pulling in, giving maybe a comp off as, a, as an offer or some kind of other incentive should be a good practice. So, and then complementing that in-person conversation that we've had, for example, a manager or the director or maybe the VP, they have that communication with the people so that they understand, the teams understand that how important this is. And they also understand that our senior leaders are equally committed uh, to this problem and the resolution. And at the same time, they appreciate that we are doing this just to make sure that the business continuity is there. So that whole appreciation has to come in from the leaders and they shouldn't feel that, you know, it's just work as usual. So we are saying it and you have to come in. So, and then after that, complimenting it with an email to say, thank you for doing this. So always thanking people and appreciating it will make the people feel acknowledged and recognized. And we will not feel resistance from the people in that way. And once that, once that issue is resolved, sending a thank you note to the team members who've pulled in the extra hours um, on a weekend, they forego, they let go of their personal commitments and they came over the weekend, sending them a thank you note will give them that, that additional um, sense of recognition as well. So I would say in person, co complimented and supported by some emails and notes later on, but maybe the senior most person comes in to have that conversation. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. This is, I think, definitely the correct approach with uh, which organizations should take. At least my team did that when we had to work this weekend. So I'm glad that way. <laughs> uh, are you getting a comp off? <laughs> we are not. Some kind of gift voucher. <laughs> <laughs> at startups we don't uh, have the luxury to do all of that <laughs> yeah another thing which i had was uh, we are writing a lot of emails on a day to day basis right that's bulk of our jobs one thing which i really don't personally i don't really like is people writing pfa or people just writing generic terms in the email writing flowery language and all of that so i wanted to understand what are some of your email tips how do you craft good emails and how what are some key takeaways which you can give to our listeners as to how they can better get better at writing emails i follow the simple rules of five w's and one h which is what where why when and then how making sure that if if my email requires response to all these five w's and h i make sure that i come straight to that because it, it is required just by saying pfa people might not know what is the action. And then we're le leaving it ambiguous, which means that they might end up doing something, the reader might end up doing something, misinterpreting our intention and they might not, we might not see an action happening or a closure happening to that specific task. So making sure that all our emails or commun email communication has that kind of response is something that's crucial. Also using a very respectful uh, tone of voice. It has to be respectful. It has to be if required. It has to be assertive. But making sure that it responds, the, it, the responses are covered for all these um, points around uh, the five W's and the H. Especially for around, you know, sometimes when we do a lot of um, hackathons or we do a lot of 
um, idea related idea thons when we have these kind of or code a thon when we have these kind of you know strategic programs happening and people think that just telling the overall dumping the information is enough to attract people but designing your information in a way that people understand that why should they be interested and what will they get out of it so for these kind of strategic communications letting the people know that what's the benefit in it for them what's in it for me making sure that that's there in the first line itself they understand what will they get out of it uh, be it in terms of you know their idea or their code getting launched or uh, being adopted for some kind of customer related technology or they will get some kind of prize or they will get some kind of you know platform or internship maybe a shadow pro, uh, shadow or mentorship program with one of the sought after executive giving that value first is very important and designing the information in a way that people understand it has to have a flow so designing it in such a way that people understand it at one read is something that's very important and not just dumping all the information that you have so that's all great advice so we are moving very close to the end of the episode so one important thing i wanted to ask you was what's your advice for young people you know who are looking to make a career in communications or change management my advice is a b c d e which is active listening you really need to be an active listener and you have to be in the moment uh, you need to understand that the words that are coming out of the 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 team members or the executives or your peers mouth what does that actually mean so having that kind of active listening skills is very important b i would say you have to be the bridge and you need to understand that you are the bridge between the management to the organization the people working in the in the teams and you are also the bridge from the people to the management and you need to make sure that the two way information flow is happening similarly you are also the bridge between the organization to the external audience be it your potential customers your potential talent your existing partners you are the bridge to them because whatever message conveys has to happen you are the one who will simplify and make sure that is aligned to the values of the organization and that's coming out truly the c i would say is being very clear in your communication and you need to be articulate be clear in terms of what is it that you're trying to say and remove all kind of ambiguity and you need to articulate in a way that people understand d i would say you need to be driven with a growth mindset communication i would say especially internal communications um it's still trying to get that kind of understanding with an organization i feel fortunate that i'm working with leadership teams and team members who understand the value of communication but i've also heard from peers who struggle uh, for internal communications to get a seat at the table for that kind of to reach that kind of level where internal communications gets a seat at the table where where management turns around to ask what is your advice to reach that stage um, it will require a lot of uh, understanding it will require a lot of persistence not giving up 
and having that growth mindset to say, how do I collaborate to make sure that people see the value I'm bringing in so that I finally have a seat at the table. So I need, so one individual needs to be driven to reach that particular stage. And my last point would be to say, you really need to have an extraordinary vision and vision for not only your, uh, your profile as a communicator, but vision to say, I am aligned in my vision with, with what the management has, with my executive, with my team members. My vision is completely aligned. And I, I'm seeing it four, five, six years down the line. I don't have a short-term vision. I have a long-term vision. And it is completely aligned with whatever is happening within the organization. I'm connecting the dot with what's happening outside the organization in the overall economy, economy as well. So this is, this I would say is the simple A, B, C, D, E of <laughs> communication to the future communicators. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the last question clearly showed that you are a communications expert. And I, I particularly like the uh, B part where you said you're acting as a bridge between the management and the employees and from employees to the management and also from the company to the external uh, stakeholders, I think that that clearly you know shows the kind of the scope of work and how important uh, a communications role role is in an organization. I think that that's that's the B part is a great summary to to the role you are doing. Thanks, Gautam. All right, I think I think it was a great episode. Re- definitely learned a lot of things uh, from you and understood what what's it about you know especially when you summarize the last part i think it's it's a very important and a strategic role especially for a large organization with a, a lot of employees where uh, if it is a startup i think it's easy to communicate the vision from the founder to the next four or five employees but imagine companies which are you know there are companies which which have like 100000 people and more than that and in that situations it's it's all the more very important to have a strong communi- communications so that the vision from the uh, leader the ceo or the executives you know goes all around the organization i think it cannot be done uh, without you guys thank you thank you gautam and amatya thank you and stay tuned